Hello and welcome to episode three of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. This is Liz, your host, and today's episode is going to be really fun. We're actually going to talk about what to grow in your very first cut flower garden. I wrote an ebook last year and it's got way more details than what this podcast is going to have in it. If you go on my website, sunnymarymeadow.com, you can buy this ebook. I believe it's $4.99 riveting price on there, but I ended up publishing it with my friend Allison contacted me and they have this unpacked publishing company and they have a lot of creators, I guess you would call it. People on Instagram are influencers and I don't like to call myself an influencer, but I guess that's what it is when you have an account like mine, but ultimately contacted me and said, Hey, you are an expert in your field. You have followers that, you know, enjoy your content, enjoy learning from you. How would you like to partner with us and write this ebook? And so the reason I'm giving you the backstory on that is they have about 20 of them out now and they're just really cool to check them out. And they're actual people just like me that wrote these ebooks. Like one is from Alaska and she wrote an ebook on like the best hiking trails in Alaska, like insider perspective. Someone else wrote one on how to epoxy your countertops. Someone else wrote one on how to get sober, how to quit drinking. So there are a lot of different uh, resources there. But if you go on sunnymarymeadow.com, go to my books, you'll see the eBooks and then they're all there. Anyway, so my very first one that I wrote of the eBooks was called Every Room Blooms. And my target customer for this book was someone who maybe you already have a vegetable garden and you're looking at growing cut flowers, but you're not really sure where to start. So I started with some flowers that you can have a bouquet you know, one bouquet a week in your house all summer long. So we wanted to go for some flowers that work really well together and that are ultimately just really easy to grow. And so the flowers that I picked for this book are ones that can be direct seeded. So you literally pop the seeds in the ground. They're not ones that you have to start in a seed tray. You don't have to transplant them. You don't have to worry about any of that. You just pop the seeds in the ground after your last frost. That was kind of my goal behind that. And so if you already have a garden, you can designate it a section of it to be your cutting garden. Like I said, keep in mind, I said this in episode one, keep in mind that cut flower gardens are not pretty. Because for the most part, you pick the flowers right before they start to open so that they last a long time in the vase. If they are all the way open, then they end up losing petals and they just don't last as long. And so you can just plant twice as many as you need and let half of them bloom out and half of them cut. But, you know, just keep in mind that for the most part, you need to pick them um, before they're opening. So I'm going to go through the six flowers that I recommend planting in my ebook. And again, there'll be a lot more details about everything else in there from weed control to different equipment that I use to how to stake your flowers and when to pick them, all of that. But I'm just going to kind of go through the six different types of seeds that you should buy for this episode. So these flowers all love the sun. Ideally, they should have full sun or mostly sun. Most of the day should be sunny. If it's shady in the morning or late evening, that's fine. But shoot for at least eight hours of sun per day if you can. Although six or seven will probably do, but ideally a little bit more than that. So in my book, I have labeled a diagram in there and I showed you where the north side is because keep in mind when I tell you to plant sunflowers, I don't want you to have sunflowers south of your basil and then throwing shade on them. So, you know, the 
the taller the plant, the further north that it should be in this little garden. So just keep that in mind that when they get really tall, they're going to be shady. So basically taller plants to the north and short plants to the south. And then for each of the plants, I'm going to kind of give you a recommendation on spacing. Ultimately, if you want to just put everything nine inches apart, you're good to go. For cut flowers in general, we plant things closer together than you would in your landscaping. Because the goal is if they're planted closer together, then they reach up toward the sun and then they have longer stems. That's kind of the goal there. So if the packet says 18 inches, well, yeah, it can really bush out and then you have, you know, stems growing sideways and it looks really pretty in your landscaping, but you're going to have crooked stems that kind of go along the ground and you want them all reaching up toward the sun. So that's why, you know, as a general rule, if you want to put everything at nine inch spacing, you go for it. Some things do better closer than that or farther, but you really can't go wrong with nine inches and you'll just learn to do it better the next year. <laughs> that was really dirty. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad we don't have that on video. That's a blooper. <laughs> you really can't go wrong with nine inches. <laughs> 18 is preferable, but (laughs) the seed packets will tell you, you know, to space them out even more, but that encourages them to grow outward. And so we want them to grow upward. So like I said, that's better in the landscaping, but for the most part, your seed packages will tell you how to space them. And if you decide to do them closer together, I think that's wonderful. The flowers that I'm going to tell you to grow, and you might want to get a pen. Otherwise I've got this all written on my blog post on my website, link to this podcast, but sunflowers, zinnias, cosmos, basil, press, and amaranth. So we're going to start with sunflowers. I want you to make sure that you buy a pollenless variety. Otherwise they're going to be massive and they're going to drop yellow pollen all over your dining room table and you're going to be really mad at me. So make sure you buy a pollenless variety and the very best ones that are, that have been, you know, hybridly designed to not drop pollen and to look great in a vase are the pro-cut varieties. When you look for sunflowers, look for pro-cut, and they're all pollenless. All of the pro-cuts are. The colors that I like to use are orange, gold light, white light, and plum. So the orange ones are just your typical sunflowers. They're the yellowish orange with the black in the middle. They look awesome. The gold light, they're yellow with yellow in the middle, and they do fantastic in the vase. Those are the only two that I grow here anymore, except for I'm going to grow some plum for my wedding, but we'll get to that in a minute. So the orange and gold light, they get to be about hmm, five inches around, which is perfect when you're trying to arrange them in a vase, and you really don't want those mammoth sunflowers any bigger than that. And then the white light, they're really pretty. They're a really soft yellow petal with a blackish brown center, but the problem is they get bit by bugs so easily and they just show and they look terrible if they get bit by grasshoppers and then the petals are just ruined. The other really pretty variety is plum, but unfortunately they get really floppy stems to the point where I barely even used them last year in my stem bars. So remember, I have stem bars and I have um, subscriptions for the most part. And then I have you picks where people pick their own. But if it's a subscription, I can do it and I can cut it short and put it toward the bottom of the vase. But 
if it's a stem bar where I have a bucket of them, they just flop over the side and people don't understand like you got to cut them short and kind of prop them up with the other flowers. People think that the flower is dying and it's like, nope, it's actually just a really wimpy head. So those are the different varieties that I have. And I am going to grow some of those for my own wedding because my wedding's October 6th and it's going to be really pretty and it's going to be in the fall and it's the fall colors, but I'll just have to stick them at the bottom of the vase. I plant these like four inches apart, which is very close together. But the goal is you don't want a huge broomstick stem. You want them reaching up toward the sky. So it just makes it a lot more manageable size. If you space them out 12 inches or nine inches, then that stem just just gets so huge and it barely fits in your vase. Speaking of vases, I love to use mason jars. That's what the majority of mine are, just because that's kind of the look I'm going for. But you can use any vase. But keeping in mind that, you know, I, I can barely fit a half dozen sunflowers in a mason jar. So again, I try to keep them as close to close together as I can. I have a question about planting. Yes, Abby, what can I do for you? <laughs> My hands raised. So when you say nine inches apart, four inches apart, how are you determining how far apart you're planting something? Are you out there with a ruler? What's your system for that? Yep, I do have a ruler that I use. Otherwise, this will be another episode, but for my advanced flowers, I've got landscape fabric that has lines on it. It has a line every 12 inches. And so I actually use a propane torch, a flamethrower, and burn holes into that fabric so that I can tell exactly, you know, where the plant's supposed to go. And that's for weed control and moisture control to heat up the, the ground a little bit. And so I use those lines as a guideline. But if I am just planting out in, you know, the middle of the garden, then, you know, usually I can tell that the width of my hand is about four to five inches. I've seen some people even take like, they'll make a stencil or they'll make something like that. And that's totally fine too. If it really bugs you to have perfectly spaced whatever, then, you know, you could do it that way and literally have a ruler out there. Otherwise... Honestly, I just kind of eyeball it is what I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So usually like four, four to six inches for sunflowers. And then this one's tough because people want photos of beautiful sunflower fields. However, if you wait till they're fully open, they're absolutely past their prime. They'll die within a few days in the vase. They'll just start dropping all their petals. So people always want to come out and take pictures of sunflowers. So actually this year I'm going to plant just a little sunflower field and those are for photos and there you go. Have at it because you need to pick them when the petals, like the very first petal is lifting off of the center which is quite early. So a cut flower farm, like I said, especially when it comes to sunflowers, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Yeah. Sunflowers, everyone goes nuts over them. They love them. You know, I've got a 23 acre cornfield that we rent out to the neighbor and we're trying to decide, you know, do we plant the most Southern acre with like black oil sunflower seeds? And I, I really want to, and I'm really tempted, but they only bloom for about two weeks. So then what? I'm just worried about what it's going to do to the soil. And I don't know, I just need to do a little bit more research. So I think we're not quite there yet. I'm going to have plenty of other photo opportunities. I mean, eventually, I think it'd be so sweet to turn that 23 acres into like, I'm going to say this idea so that nobody steals it. Because if anyone in central Minnesota steals my idea, you know that they stole it right here on January 31st, 2023. I want to do a sunflower maze (gasps) instead of a corn maze. Like, wouldn't that be cool? So if it's a kind of a wasted 23 acres, because I don't think I could harvest them and I don't know. But Flower Farmer Fiance, I think, can figure it out. If anyone can figure it out, he can figure it I out. I know. And so that's what I'm thinking is a sunflower maze. 
I don't know. I think it'd be cool. And just imagine drones. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I could, it's a write-off. I could buy a drone. Um, <laughs> I got a brother-in-law with one if you need to okay, rent one perfect, for the time perfect, being. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Anyway, so that's the dream of the sunflowers. But I mean, you got to have sunflowers. You know, this little garden patch can be like 10 by 5. I mean, really, that's all you need for everything that I'm talking about. It's not that big. You know, maybe it's a third of your current vegetable garden. And if you can plant like half the sunflowers, you know, right after your last frost. So here in Minnesota, that's around May 15th. And then plant the rest, you know, June 1st. These pro cut varieties are awesome because they're like 50 to 60 days until maturity. So, I mean, I plant them early May and sometimes I I look at, you know, that last frost date, if it's May 10th and there is not a night below 40 in the 10-day forecast, I go for it. I plant them. And then I've got a little trick up my sleeve with a garden sprinkler that has really saved me, but that'll be its own episode. So stay tuned someday. So, you know, if you can plant them two weeks apart and then they don't all bloom at once. So that's, that's a little higher level. Usually I don't ask you to do that, but the thing about sunflowers is they are like one and done, you know, you cut them and then they're done. So that's, that's a little tricky compared to the rest. The rest you're good, but sunflowers, you know, if you can plant them a couple weeks apart, that's really helpful. So getting to the next flower, zinnias, I'm going to do a whole episode on zinnias because they are an amazing cut flower. But for now, I'm just going to say, get a mix of Benary's Giant. You look at them, that's the variety that's like what your grandma has, those enormous ones. They're so cool. They're so pretty. Like I said, 18 inches on those for landscaping, but when you're doing them for cut flowers, 9 to 12 inches apart. And all you do is, you know, you plant them in the ground, wait for them to come on up. And when you pick these, sometimes you can pinch them, which means cutting them below the second set of leaves so that they branch off and create more flowers. I'm going to do a whole episode on pinching later on, but that's one that really benefits from pinching. Or you can just wait till they start blooming and then cut them low when you're ready to put them in your vase. And then essentially two stems will come later. So you'll pinch them later and that's fine. So, you know, I would honestly eight zinnia plants will be way more than you could possibly need. I mean, I'd probably go with like six. And then when you pick those, you kind of wiggle them back and forth. If the head of the flower is really flopping back and forth, they need a little bit longer because zinnias are a flower that needs to be fully opened. All right, moving on to cosmos. So you don't see these a lot because they don't ship very well. So a lot of florists don't have them, but they are beautiful. They're so dainty. They add this whimsical little touch to bouquets and their leaves just have these cute little lines coming off of them and they kind of remind me of Dr. Seuss. My favorites are Double Click, Versailles, and Cupcake. The cupcake ones literally look like a little ribbed cupcake holder. They're just adorable. They're this little cup. So these, you pick them when they're barely starting to open, showing some color. And sometimes these plants, I mean, think of like a tomato. They, they, they flop over. So actually, you know, corralling them up or, you know, using some sort of staking can help with the cosmos, but it's, it's not entirely necessary. And like I said, these are, these are beginning flowers. So, so far we got our sunflowers, our zinnias and our cosmos. So then the next thing we're going to do is basil, which people, you know, it's an herb, it's an edible herb, but there is a purple variety called, I'm going to say this wrong. I say aromato, aromato, aromato. I don't know. That's how you pronounce it or that's how it's spelled, but they look really good with moody colors because you need a little bit of greenery in your base. And so you want to wait until these get a little bit more woody and stiff to pick them. And they will have some white flower buds uh, once they start maturing and that's when they're ready to be picked. If you pick them before that, you think that, oh, these leaves will look so pretty in the base and then they just wilt and look like crap. A little trick for when you're picking these is to cut them and pick them and put them in warm to hot water for like 10 minutes and just let them really hydrate up and then switch them over to cold water 
and they will last like over a week in the vase. They, they do wonderfully. So I think I actually, I know I planted like purple basil a few years ago. I had like a pallet herb garden and knowing nothing, I just went to the hardware store and bought seed packets and dumped them all in and hope for the best. I don't know if I was supposed to eat it, but I did. And it tasted like black pepper. Yes, it does. Um, um, or black licorice. Yeah. Yeah. I had like an anise, mm-hmm. but it, like I tried mm-hmm. putting it on like a margarita pizza and I'm like, this is not no, it. No, 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 <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't know. I've never tried to make pesto or anything with it, but I mean, it's, it's basil. And they look really pretty. It did they not really taste they have, like I wanted basil They too. don't have a round leaf like normal basil. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a jagged, I don't know. It remi- I'm trying to think what kind of tree Like an leaf. arrowhead almost. Yeah. An arrowhead. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yep. There's the word. Yeah. So I, I really like them in bouquets. They're just very pretty and they can get really veiny, greenish purple. And yeah, I just really like them. And the next one is called Cress and it kind of looks like this little dainty wax flower and it's essentially kind of a weed. It starts out with a rosette and then these long stems grow up through it, but it, it it's so easy to it's so easy to grow. I mean, if you know what these look like, you will notice them all over Minnesota, like in cracks of sidewalk. Like, oh, that's crest. They need to be spaced about nine inches and then wait till they're about two thirds open. So about two thirds of the, of the buds on the stem are open and then you cut them and pick them and then you can put them in the vase. And last but not least, we have amaranth, which this is actually a grain and then leaves can be eaten as well. I have a good friend from India and he grows them in his garden to eat but I wait until they seed out they start making these little side stems and that's what I use is the side stems otherwise it's just this enormous plant but you know you can see like amaranth fields so a-m-a-r-a-n-t-h but it's just it's just a really cool texture to add to bouquets and they make these like draping kinds that come over and they're just so easy to grow but word of caution they go to seed really easily so like the next year you might have all these little amaranth plants. So just just be careful. Just be careful. But I love the maroon and bronze colors. You just can't get those anywhere else. And so I space those about nine inches apart. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, amaranth, cress, basil, cosmos, zinnias, and sunflowers. If you can pop some of those seeds in the ground for your very first garden, we will do a whole episode on, you know, vase life and, you know, how to cut them better, how to harvest them. You know, we're just going to get in so many details within this podcast. I hope you listen along. I hope you learn so much and yeah, let me know if you guys have questions. I should add that. You can email questions about the podcast, podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Before we wrap, I got one question. Yeah. Yeah. So say I go home and I decide I'm going to do a cut garden this year. I look into all these flowers you recommend. Where do you recommend I go buy seeds? Right now I'm going to say either Fleet Farm or Menards or Home Depot will have pretty much all of okay, these. Okay, so I'm good going um, to like a hardware yes, store. Yes, go to a hardware store. I have some major seed places that I love to buy from, but if I'm being honest, shipping is kind of expensive, which it should be. They're small businesses that are trying to ship seeds to you because shipping's expensive. But um, if you can find them locally, that's going to be your best bet. If you're only buying six packets, I don't want you to spend $20 on shipping. So that's where I would start out. Otherwise, I've got a whole list of places that I love to shop. Florette, Johnny Seeds, The Gardener's Workshop, they're all amazing. But, you know, honestly, start out at your local hardware store and then decide what you like because, you know, these zinnias and these cosmos and all of it, they come in just really rare, beautiful color varieties, but they get really expensive. So 
I really don't do mixes anymore. Um, you know, when I said just get a Benary's Giant Mix, because I don't use the reds, I don't use the yellows, I don't use the oranges, just they're not colors that my customers like very much. They want the light pinks and the lime greens and, you know, stuff like that. So I just, a lot of the flowers don't end up getting used, so I don't buy mixes. And then it's it's just hard to try to sort the colors when I'm harvesting them, because there's a purple plant, a green plant, a pink plant, a red plant, and it's just messy. So I, I go by colors now, because it makes harvesting a lot easier. So, yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good information. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm ready to start planting. Yeah. So let me know. I want to I hear if you guys end up planting your first cut flower garden. There's a lot more details in my copy of Every Room Blooms of my ebook. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com.